Hi, and welcome to STEM Stories from the Swamp. This is Dr. LaMonica, and welcome to our first episode on SBT for Madison and Grace. I hope that you enjoy. Thank you. Um, some doctors do prescribe 
blood pressure medicine or salt tablets, depending if your blood pressure fluctuates tremendously. Um, a very last resort is pacemaker. Um, usually they try to stay away from a pacemaker if they don't have to put one in you, but if surgery doesn't work, then usually they end up having to put a pacemaker in to keep the heart regular. Um, for surgery, usually it's like a catheter ablation, so what they do is they make two small incisions, one on your left groin, one on your right groin, and then they send this spaghetti noodle looking tube thingy up and it's got like little laser beams at the end and it goes pew pew and you know it kills off whatever's in the heart that's not supposed to be there that's causing the extra beats um i know personally when i had it done i felt like i got hit with a softball in the groin i have no other way of explaining it but let me tell you something it hurt it hurt i couldn't sit i couldn't squat i couldn't do nothing I walked around like an old lady or somebody who really had to pee, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, but after the procedure, so my resting heart rate used to be 165. So after the procedure, my new resting heart rate is about 60, 65. Um, so it's a tremendous difference between what it used to be and what it was. Um, I had to put up with it for three years before anything was done about it so for me i had to live with it for three years of having a rapid heart rate for no good reason you know i could be sitting down watching house hunters on hgtv and all of a sudden my heart would decide it wants to go 200 beats a minute just sitting there watching and you know it has nothing to do with the people on the tv being cute or anything but you know it's fine um so, it took three years, six different doctors, for someone to actually be able to diagnose me, and then it took one doctor to tell me to go see a cardiac electrophysiologist who did the procedure and was able to correct my quick, rapid heart rate, um, so now I live with a slower heart rate. My heart and my body haven't quite adjusted to it. Um, my heart still feels like it needs to go a thousand beats a minute, but um, you know it's slowly adjusting. And I had the procedure done like two months ago. So typically it takes someone like six months to become like fully recovered and for um, the to know whether the procedure worked or not, especially for those that got the procedure done, then they were diagnosed with, um, well, not diagnosed, but um, after the procedure, they put you on a beta blocker for 30 days, and then they put you on a low dose of aspirin to prevent any sort of irregularities from showing up from preventing any sort of, you know, blood clots or anything from forming and causing, you know, more of an issue. So, I mean, we're just living life, you know, we're chugging along. So, Grace, have you experienced any complications um, since your surgery two months ago? Um, I mean, I have some, some problems still. Um, I still faint every once in a while. I still have palpitations. Um, sometimes I'll get a pain in my chest and feels like I'm having 
So, Grace, upon my research of SVT, I found that there are multiple types of SVT. Can you explain the type of SVT that you were diagnosed with? So, I was diagnosed with atrial tachycardia, which is a type of abnormal heart rhythm or arrhythmia. Um, and it occurs when the electrical signal that controls the heartbeat starts from an unusual location, usually in the upper chamber, um, in the atria, and then it rapidly repeats, causing the atria to beat too quickly, which can cause blood flow to either be too fast, not fast enough to where now you're pumping either too much blood through or you're not pumping enough, which is why some people do end up fainting. So, do you know if there's any genetic tie correlated with this heart disease? So, from my understanding, there it's not necessarily a genetic tie as much as it is you're born with the cells in your heart. It takes something to trigger the response and to trigger it to come out. For some people, it's stress. Some people, it's anxiety of some sort. For other people, you know, there might be some sort of underlying health-related condition that sparks the cells in the heart to decide that, oh, you know, now we need to start beating really, really fast, even though there's no reason for it. But most people are born with it. Some people don't even know they have it. Um, and that could be because either they don't feel the palpitations to them, it's not irritating, you know, some people just have adapted to it, so to them it's, it is what it is. So as you mentioned that um, sometimes the fainting is due to cause of not enough blood being pumped um, through the heart. Can that lead to um, death of heart tissue and maybe even heart attacks? Yeah, so if, if your form of SVT gets severe enough, to where your heart is constantly beating at a super rapid rate, you end up pretty much damaging your heart tissue without you even knowing. So because your heart's constantly beating at 200 beats a minute and slows down maybe once, you know, you are doing damage to your heart, but it depends how long you've had it, how long you've been experiencing it, and then when it is caught on whether you can actually do anything about it or if you just kind of gotta let it ride its course but for some people I think it's like two percent of people you know are actually doing damage to their heart by not having a procedure done or not you know seeing a cardiologist to get put on a beta blocker of some sort and I mean for some people beta blockers don't work I know for me personally it did nothing my heart laughed at it and was like yeah go ahead give me something else because did nothing for me so some individuals who don't experience the symptoms or don't seem to be affected by it don't always have an increased risk of heart attacks is what you're saying yeah so pretty much you you have to be living with a condition long enough and severe enough without treatment of any sort whether that be medication, surgery, nothing, to where, like, yeah, you're actually causing damage to your heart instead of, you know, just letting your heart do its thing. Sometimes you do need to have someone intervene and fix it. Okay, Grace, thank you for your information that you provided us today. Um, we are going to be wrapping up our 
episode on supraventricular tachycardia syndrome. Thank you for listening. This is Story Stem Stories from the Swamp. If you enjoyed our first episode from Stem Stories from the Swamp, make sure to subscribe. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure that you subscribe and follow us and leave us a comment on what you'd like to hear about next. See you next time.